Hey guys, welcome back. I'm Jo Yang, and today we are discussing the absolute educational badass, Marva Collins. I recently watched a YouTube video about her called Success, The Marva Collins Approach, and it is just mm, amazing. I'll be including clips of it during this video, so it might actually help to watch the video version of this podcast. And yeah, there's really nothing more to add, so let's just jump straight into it. Hey guys, hope you're all doing well. So recently I was reading a book called Mindset by Carol Dweck, and amazing book by the way, I will make a, an episode about it later, but she mentioned Marva Collins, and I'm like, okay, who's Marva Collins? Let me, let me just research her a little bit. And I was honestly just blown away. Like, she's an absolute badass, like the title suggests, And it's honestly quite sad that not many of us even know who she is. She passed away, and I don't know when she did. So she passed away in 2015, and I watched her video, that the documentary, that was filmed in the 1980s, so about her teaching style, about the school that she built. So let's just, uh, like, let's look at the background. So she was essentially a teacher. She taught as a substitute teacher as well in public schools, she wasn't satisfied uh, with the education that her children had, uh, with the system in general. So she decided to build Westside Preparatory... It's a difficult word. Westside Preparatory School. Westside Prep School. And all these children came from really low-income families, and they were literally labeled learning disabled from the schools that they were at. So they they came to these schools either because they were very disruptive in their original schools, or they couldn't keep up, or just something wasn't allowing them to settle in with a normal public school. So Marva Collins taught basic foundational things like spelling, like reading, like writing, like maths. And over time, you just see all these students who are ranging from ages like 5 to 12 in one classroom, learning things like Shakespeare, like other things that are similar to Shakespeare. <laughs> and it would have just baffled all the critics who were like, nah, these these kids can't learn it. And she sort of just slapped them in the face with her bad assery and was like, hey, look, <laughs> these children are capable and everyone is able to learn. And this all comes down really to how she taught and how she treated the students. So let's unpack her teaching style now. I've split it into different themes. The first, of course, being the growth mindset. So she had basically an a hundred percent certainty that all students can learn. It does not matter if you're from a low income family who's you know and society has labeled you learning disabled. It does not matter. you are able to learn. So she says this in the clip. We get the seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen year old children that no one else will take. But our sixth grade school thirteen point one, which is a college freshman level which says that these children were bright children all the time. They simply needed someone who believed in them. And she also says this to a student, which just warmed my heart. Look, there is nothing wrong with you. You just have not been taught. I don't want you to get this. I'm dumb. I'm stupid. There is nothing wrong with you. So this is so special. She's telling the student 
No, you are not deficient. You, there's nothing wrong with you. The reason why you can't understand this is not because you're stupid. It's because you never had the right tools in the past to be able to, uh, you know, approach this topic. So essentially, you haven't learned how to do this yet, but you will. And to, you know, supplement her growth mindsetness, <laughs> uh, she also praises the process. Not that, oh, this kid got an A plus, yay. She complimented a student like this. I love the way you tried. Let's give him a big, big hand. It's praising the process of getting somewhere. So she's praising him that he tried, that he put in the effort, which is leading to that growth mindset that Carol Dweck talks about. So the teachers had this absolute certainty that students would learn, would grow, and learn very quickly. And so this is what they found. Those who cannot read will be reading, all right, as has happened this past year. Uh, those who are already reading will be superior readers, uh, as well as writers, computers, and math, that um, they will simply uh, develop three times as fast as they would normally in another setting. And I was thinking about why this happens, why students are able to learn three times quicker here than in other environments. And I think it comes down to something very human, and that is that the teachers just give a shit about the students, and they genuinely care about their growth, about how they learn. And Marva says this to a student, which just really got me in the heart, and she said this. I will say to them, welcome to success, say goodbye to failure, because here you are going to fail, I'm not going to let you fail, you're here to win, you were born to win, and if I have to care more about you than you care about you, that's the way it will be. And she also makes sure she says this to each student. We find something positive to say about a child every morning. I like your gym shoes, I like your ribbon, I like your blue jeans. We, we find something to say good to a child every morning that's just as important as a curriculum. And this is all about making sure that the students feel seen. Like, you don't know what they've gone through in their lives, and they just want that students, their children, they just want people to notice them and to feel like they belong. So if you're in this environment which is supportive, which you feel like you belong, then yeah, you'll feel more motivated to learn. And going into now another theme... Her way of disciplining was just so unique. She she wasn't disciplining with punishments. She was disciplining through love and care. So I I think back to my high school days and a lot of the time the teacher would just send the student outside if they were disrupting. You and which didn't even work because there were glass mirrors <laughs> or glass windows so they would, you know, look through and make funny faces or whatever it was. Or they would hold us back. There was a teacher who would just like look at his watch and if we were acting out, we'd just look at it and look at it and then add the time on to the times we disrupted it. You know, it didn't really teach us much apart to just dislike him. <laughs> also, if you're disrupting, you might go to detention. You might stay back in class and be told at that, you know, you've got to stop disrupting. What Marva does to this student, for example, she's like holding his chin and like making him repeat these words and it is so sweet. <sighs> I promise that this day shall be used, shall be used. Not, lost. not lost, gained, gained. Not, thrown away. not 
It is my life. It is my life. I refuse to let Mrs. Collins. I refuse to let Mrs. Collins. Love me more than I love myself. Because I do love you and you can't stop me from loving you and I'm not going to let you fail, so sit down and succeed. Marva understands that these students are acting out because of something, that something is wrong and that's why they're trying potentially to test the waters to see if they belong in this situation. So let's take the example of a student who's doodling and like drawing the Superman <laughs> S on the, on the paper. So traditionally, you would look at that and say, why are you doing that? Stop doing that. Instead, Marva would do this. And I've heard teachers say, stop the doodling. But if I have a child who likes to draw in my classroom, I'll say, that's a beautiful picture. But you know what I want you to do? I want you to write a story about that beautiful picture. So he's drawing and he's also gotten the skills that I want him to get too. I think you have to always use positively whatever he does. If they're acting up or they're constantly chewing gum, I'll have them write a composition, The Art of Chewing Gum. And Marva says something very special in the clip, which is actually what's new. She says everything special. Anyway, so she says everything we do here is to learn. So her punishments or discipline even is to learn. You do this, you're going to write an essay about it. You do that, you're going to write a maths equation about it. I don't know. But everything that they are doing is to grow. Another theme I picked up on is that Marva treats every single student as a unique individual. As someone similar to a grown-up, someone who needs to think for themselves and needs to have their own opinions. So this is what she says about students and about having their own thoughts. And I think teachers are constantly trying to bend children to the way they think they should be. And I want to give children my love and my confidence, but I emphatically want them to have their own thoughts. I would hope their thoughts would be their own. Because the teacher's mouth is no prayer what? It's no prayer book, okay? Your brain is just as good as mine. You think for your what? You think for yourself. Marva's not putting herself on a pedestal and saying, I know everything, I am the teacher, you learn from me. No, she's asking the students to dispute her even, to think for themselves, and not to treat her like a person who knows everything. And I really love something she said to the students about predicting their future. I can say, oh, you're so stupid. But that's my prediction, but only you can make it come what? Only well, that's why we should never let people tell us what we can, what we can't, what? Yeah. Only you can determine what happens. Marva's saying to the students that they are in charge of their lives, that they are in charge and accountable for their learning. And Marva's just there to give the tools to be able to do that so that they aren't just, you know, lost and not knowing where to go. And speaking of giving them tools to succeed, I thought I would actually go into how she teaches. So her main uh, specialty, I think, is phonics. So teaching phonics, and it's essentially teaching them how to learn. It's very interesting. Phonics are the foundations of everything uh, which they mention here. That's phonics. Basic sounds in the English language. The children use them for spelling, for writing compositions. If you know your sounds, you can read and write anything. Marva's way of teaching is very efficient in that the, what they're teaching is directly applicable and practical to what they need. So they're not getting the students to rote memorize or cite every word and sort of memorize how they look, but instead giving them the literal specific skills to identify any word. 
So it's like teaching me to sing and then I can sing any song or teaching me the absolute fundamentals of cooking and then I can make anything, (laughs) even peanut butter and banana sandwiches. So to sum up, uh, I just have a few critiques, not too many, just because Marv is, again, an absolute badass. Um, the first just being, it's very repetitive, the, uh, the way that she teaches. So it's like, I will say something, then you will repeat, um, for a lot of things. And I'm thinking maybe that's not the most effective way to learn. Maybe it's more just like going up to the whiteboard or the blackboard at that time and writing it down or writing it in your book instead of just verbally regurgitating. Another thing I wanted to point out is that the students are sitting down literally all day, every day, from 9 to 4, I think it was, and they don't get a break. They don't get recess. And I'm like, what? (laughs) What? But interestingly, students would even come in at 7.30 in the morning and and do remedial or extra supportive um, work before the class actually started. I think it comes down to that thing where if you really love what you're doing, you don't care that you're sitting on your butt for like this much time. I think just from my perspective of what's healthy, <laughs> finding a balance between being able to move and also um, getting that intellectual uh, information. So the students were so dedicated and so happy to finally be in an environment which made them feel like they belonged. So it reminds me a lot of Danica's experience at alternative school where she was just like waiting to go to school, like wanting to go as early as possible. And again, that is what school is supposed to be like, a place where you don't feel like you have to go, but that you feel genuinely excited to go to and learn. But unfortunately, that is not (laughs) what I've heard most people say. Again, Marva Collins was an absolute badass, and her work is just so incredibly inspiring, and she shows what a great teacher is like. So I'm going to leave us with this clip where she talks about her students. It's really because they never really discovered the unique them. They never really discovered that what they're seeking for is already within them. It's like the Wizard of Oz. Somehow children read that all across the country and teachers never point out to the children, oh, it's a cute story, but they never point out the moral of the story that what they're looking for, each one has, that the the lion already has courage. It's all within our rim if we stop looking outside of us for it. 